The Y'all Show is on the air. Hello, welcome back to the Tuesday edition with your host, John Rawl. The show all about the South. The show, really, that's all about y'all. Hey, you can reach us here on the program, 803-816-1170. And we have a Twitter account, at Y'all Show is that account. And we have Instagram, at the Y'all Show. And we're just taking over any platform out there that is available to us. The Y'all Show, talk with a Southern accent. Want to let you know that on the Y'all Show this week, make sure you tune in. We've got an ACC report coming on Wednesday. It's college football time, people. College football started over the weekend. We've got games Thursday. We've got tons of games Saturday. We even had college football games on both Sunday and Monday, Labor Day Monday. You don't want to miss it. And we've got a full ACC report coming on Wednesdays, y'all. We'll be talking country music with Precious Harris also on Wednesdays, y'all. Then on Thursday, we're going to feature the Shrimp and Petroleum Festival taking place in Louisiana. We'll have a representative from the Shrimp and Petroleum Festival. Come on and let us know how these two items, which don't necessarily always go together, well, they certainly go together in South Louisiana. And we'll have that feature on our Festive South Dixie Destination on Thursday, y'all. Plus, on Thursdays, y'all, Auburn fans, let me hear you say it, War Eagle. We'll have an Auburn spotlight with our friend Taylor Jones. He will be stopping by and giving us the full preview of Auburn football under Gus Malzahn. Auburn, the defending SEC West champs from 2017. And the Gus bus rolls into Atlanta this weekend where Auburn opens up the 2018 season in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game against the Washington Huskies. Taylor Jones, our special guest Thursday. It'll be all Auburn talk. Plus, we'll get Taylor's take on Jared Stidham, the Auburn quarterback, and his take on all of the other SEC schools and his prediction of how they're going to do and how Auburn's going to do. I think if you're an Auburn fan, you'll be pleasantly surprised with what Taylor may have to say about the Plainsman. So that is on the Thursday, y'all. And, of course, Friday, we wrap it all up with our Friday fun. On today's show, we've got plenty of fun as our friend Matt Hermans will be by in the second hour with his Bodacious Barbecue Report. He is the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, and he is going to talk about grilling as he's going to be tailgating this weekend. He'll be going to the Ole Miss versus Texas Tech game. It won't be in Oxford. It won't be in Lubbock. This game's going to be at a neutral site game. It'll be at NRG Stadium in Houston, and Matt will be there bright and early Saturday morning as Ole Miss and the Red Raiders face off in the Bayou City, and he'll be tailgating early. It's an 11 o'clock Houston time kickoff, and we'll be talking to him about what he needs to do to get prepared for that. You know, this is big, serious stuff for the barrister. <laughs> and we'll also be talking with him about the state of Maryland. Maryland is the spotlight for our barbecue restaurants, and Matt's got something that I've never heard of about Maryland that he's going to talk about and it's not crab cakes, although we are going to talk crab cakes with them. You, you got to when you talk about Maryland. You got to talk about crab cakes. You got to talk about football because that's what Maryland's famous for. <laughs> but we'll talk about that and we'll talk about this type of barbecue that I have never heard of. And Matt will let us all know what that is about in hour two. Plus, we'll have our sports land yet. Later this hour, we're going to be talking about primary day today in the state of Florida. They are having a Republican and Democratic primary for governor and U.S. Senate, plus some congressional races in Florida having primaries today. And Florida is not the only state. Oklahoma is also having a primary runoff day in the state of Oklahoma. And we'll briefly touch on Oklahoma 
in this first hour of the Y'all Show. But we're going to have some audio from recent debates that happened on both the Republican and Democratic side. you got two celebrities, really, in Florida going off against each other for the governor of Florida on the Republican side. And then on the Democratic side, I think I counted up five different candidates trying to be the Democratic nominee for governor in the state of Florida. On the U.S. Senate race in Florida, you got Bill Nelson, the incumbent on the Democratic side. He won't have any competition. And then you've got the current governor, Rick Scott of Florida, who is easily expected to win the primary today against the basically unknown person he's running against. So it should be Scott versus Nelson in the U.S. Senate race in Florida come November in the general election. But we'll be talking Florida politics in a little bit here on the show. So hold on for all of that goodness in our y'all political report. Glancing at what's going on across the region, the U.S. Department of Agriculture announced Monday that it's going to help farmers out with a $4.7 billion package to help offset the tariff losses that farmers across the nation have suffered because of the Trump administration's tariff war that's been going on with countries like Florida. And the bulk of these payments, $3.6 billion, will be made to soybean farmers. So if you're a soybean farmer in Dixie and you've been hurt by the tariffs, the the so-called tariff trade war going on between the U.S. and countries like China, well, the Department of Agriculture says they're going to come help you out a little bit. I don't know if that will totally equal out your losses, but it's it's better than nothing. My question is, if they're willing to do that to farmers, are they going to help out all other industries that have been hurt by tariffs? I love the president's philosophy of standing up to these countries and, and talking big and, and trying to fix the, the wrongs that should have never happened to start with, but nobody wants to see our government give free payments of money to our people that they shouldn't be having to receive anyway because there shouldn't be. Look, if you're going to go into a assault a country for bad trade deals, make them fix the problem before they end up hurting you. And that's what's happening. These these countries are, are hurting our farmers, and we didn't fix the problem that Trump originally proposed, which was an imbalance in trade to start with. So it, it's not looking good. I, I, I totally agree with the president on his philosophy about trying to fix these bad deals from the past. But right now, it appears, based on the fact that the government, our own government, is giving aid to our own citizens, that something's not right there in the rhetoric and not right with the actions going on if we're having to bail out farmers. And if it's farmers today, no telling what kind of industries will have to be helped out down the road. And that's not what we signed up for. Talk tough and deliver. Don't cave in. And that looks like that could be happening. Voters in North Carolina will be asked in November whether or not it is the right to hunt fish and harvest wild fish if that should be enshrined in the state's constitution. The ballot measure, which easily passed through the Republican-controlled state Senate in Raleigh, a 44-4 to vote for it, has become an unexpectedly divisive issue in the Old North State. Supporters argue the amendment would protect certain hunting practices. The opponents, which again, only four people voted against this in the Senate vote back in June, Opponents claim it's little more than a ploy to draw Republican voters to the poll. North Carolina asking voters whether or not the right to hunt, fish, or harvest wildlife should be enshrined in their state's constitution. I guess they've run out of other things to talk about in Raleigh. But that is, that is a ballot measure that's going to be up for the citizens of North Carolina 
to vote on. You know, this is the same state that was going and getting in national headlines for bathrooms not long ago, caused by a radical mayor and administration in the city of Charlotte, by the way. But the state legislature went around and, and tried to come across uh, negatively for that. And then people started boycotting. It ended up causing the state to have a Democrat be elected governor in the state of North Carolina. And, and now we have this. North Carolina politics, a strange bedfellow. Kentucky Governor Matt Bevin announced over the weekend that he is going to indeed run for re-election in 2019. The Republican, many people thought he may not run, and there's been a lot of speculation, and he's had protests from public workers and teachers about his rhetoric and policies, but he announced at a campaign stop on Saturday that indeed he is going to run at the annual Lincoln Day dinner in Lexington. He said, you bet I'm running again. So now Matt Bevin putting his hat back into the ring for governor of the Commonwealth of Kentucky in 2019. Democrat Attorney General Andy Bashir has already announced his campaign for governor, and several other Democrats are considering it. Bevin said no Democrat in Kentucky is even remotely worthy of being governor. Well, that's shot fired there from Matt Bevin. And Again, I saw him when he went up to New Jersey recently to meet with the president. He's got the goatee going, kind of maybe moonlighting as a model around the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Sharp-looking governor there, and a little bit different with the goatee, kind of a retro look. Speaking of the state of Kentucky, longtime Churchill Downs spokesman John Asher has died at the age of 62. He was a spokesman for the racetrack in Louisville. And he died Monday after suffering a heart attack while on vacation with his family in Florida. He also had a long career as an award-winning radio journalist. His death comes days before the story track opens its September meet. Churchill will host the season-ending Breeders' Cup World Championships in November. He joined Churchill Downs back in 1997 and served as the track's vice president of racing communications since 1999. Churchill Downs spokesman John Asher dying at the age of 62. One of our great traditions in the South is Churchill Downs. And if we're lucky enough, come early May, assuming that's when the race is, I think it's always like the first Saturday in May, we will go to Louisville, Kentucky with the Y'all Show. And, and maybe you can join us. We can have a big old parking lot party at Churchill Downs. But if we don't make it there, we'll make it to some other place, like a Carolina Cup in Camden, South Carolina. is a good horse race I've been to before. There are other ones, steeplechases in Nashville, fun thing I've been to before, and there's select other racing events across the South. I, I love horse racing. I love watching the people at horse races and horse events because they dress up nicely, and the ladies look real nice in their hats and such. And usually you can find some kind of drink of, of a liking for you. The Atlanta International Airport, just about everybody in the South has had to go through there. I think you've got to go through on the way to heaven or hell. You'll have to go through Hartsfield-Jackson Atlanta International Airport. Well, it is actually owned by the city of Atlanta, but some Georgia lawmakers are exploring the feasibility of creating a state authority and taking over ownership of Hartsfield-Jackson Airport just south of downtown Atlanta. This is the busiest airport in the entire world this airport in Atlanta. And I can't imagine a city actually owns and controls it as they do currently, the city of Atlanta owning this airport. I've been there several times. It's like going to another planet, the way it's set up there. 
it's so massive and golly i i know last summer i was at the georgia state farmers market which is about two miles east of some of the runways and you cannot go to the georgia farmers market and have a conversation it is on the flight path of hartsville jackson airport and there are there's a plane flying at low altitude about every 20 seconds there's some plane coming right over your head it will it will scare the stew out of you and that's my experience with <laughs> with the airport there in atlanta and if you miss your turn you got it's like i said it's like a whole nother world you'll be driving for miles before you get back to your original spot but yes there's a chance if these legislators in the state capitol get their way that the state could could take control over this airport and it probably would be a good thing frankly i i guess the city of atlanta may be willing to sh to sell it i guess they would get money for selling it to the state and perhaps that would open it up for bigger better things if it were turned over to the state of georgia but hartsville jackson airport remember you got to go through there on your way to to the afterlife so make sure you don't get lost Louisiana is where we go next, and you know Steve Scalise, the congressman who is actually the U.S. House Majority Whip, proud LSU alum, lives there in the Baton Rouge area. Unfortunately, he got shot last year in that congressional baseball game practice, and lucky to survive. Thank goodness he did survive, and no one got killed. None of the congressmen, at least, got killed in that awful situation in 2017. Well, now he's not only helping his native state of Louisiana, which he cares so much about, he's crossing that Pearl River into the Magnolia state of Mississippi to help raise money for this November's elections. Scalise, who is a potential candidate for House Speaker if Republicans maintain control in November, he spoke Monday in Jackson, Mississippi to a Republican luncheon, and he is out helping people like his friend Greg Harper, who's retiring. He's help, helping to try to find a good candidate for Harper's seat in central Mississippi. And there's other people in the state of Mississippi that are going to be counting on someone with the veteran expertise of Steve Scalise coming to Mississippi, raising money and getting the word out that the Louisiana's are, are all about getting good Republican legislators to Washington, D.C. By the way, the governor of Louisiana, John Bell Edwards, well, he was also in Mississippi this past weekend. He went to Brandon for a Mississippi State Democratic Party fundraiser, and he spoke there trying to help get people like David Berea elected and U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Mike Espy, who was that in the time that Clinton was in office. Mike Espy is currently running for U.S. Senate, and both Espy and Berea are having simultaneous races for Senate. Berea is going against Roger Wicker, and he's a state representative in Mississippi. And again, Mike Espy, who at one time was the U.S. Agricultural Secretary in the Clinton years, he is running for U.S. Senate in a three-man, actually two-man and a woman race. And the top two, if they don't get to 50, will go off to the, what do they call that, a jungle primary, and, and later in November, and you'll have a, a winner emerge. Cindy Hyde-Smith, Chris McDaniel, and Mike Espy are the three going for that Senate seat that is uh, open essentially because of Thad Cochran retiring. Cindy Hyde-Smith took over that position temporarily. She was appointed by Phil Bryant, the governor. But she will be up against McDaniel and Mike Espy in November's election.
Also in the state of Mississippi, in Starkville, home of Mississippi State University, Hale State, the Board of Aldermen in Starkville have suspended Police Chief Frank Nichols. The mayor of Starkville, Lynn Spruill, said that Nichols, who's a 26-year veteran of the Starkville Police Force, was suspended without pay for two weeks and placed on probation for six months. Officials declined to give a reason for the suspension, saying it was a personnel issue. But the police chief in Stark Vegas, Frank Nichols, suspended by the city. You don't see that too often with the alderman going against a high official like a police chief. If you ever drive through Birmingham and you get to the intersection of I-20 and I-59 and 65, you got, what, three interstates kind of coming in together? In downtown Birmingham, it can be a disaster, especially in rush hour. I know Atlanta has its problems. I know Houston, you have your problems. Little Rock may have some problems. Charlotte may have some issues. But Birmingham, it is a major problem because you got all of these interstates converging right at the downtown spot. Well, good news is the tallest ramp in a multi-year project to redesign the Interstate 5920 and I-65 interchanges, it has now open they've been working on this thing for years and now in downtown Beeham on Monday this ramp opened and so now there's an on-ramp from 11th Avenue North at 17th Street leading to I-65 North and South as well as I-5920 South toward T-Town Tuscaloosa and it opened in time for commuter traffic at 7:30 in the morning according to Alabama Department of Transportation officials and this is hopefully going to help out. I've been cruising through downtown Birmingham, the Magic City, for 25 years. And I've seen as the city of Birmingham has grown. And again, this even if Birmingham or Birmingham was not there, you got all these interstates coming together. And there's always a need for more and more. You build extra lanes, you're going to need another one in five years. And there in, in the Magic City, they got these things called hills and mountains all around them and there a lot of them have a lot of rock so it's not the easiest thing to expand and do all this but luckily this multi-year project where a ramp is going to help get you to where you need to go is open for business in the state of alabama and that is great news if you're going to be traveling through alabama anytime soon have to go through alabama's not capital city but their biggest city birmingham i saw this story come across the other day and i thought it just couldn't be true but it is true, and I'm sure you may have seen this shared on Facebook or Twitter, but can you believe that in North Carolina, a 10-year-old boy to Marion Wilson was punished last week for referring to his female teacher as ma'am? And his parent, Teresa Wilson, noticed that her son was upset after leaving the bus on August 21st from his school in the town of Tarboro, and she said that she just couldn't believe that he got in trouble for saying, yes, ma'am. And I don't know the rest of the story on this, but yeah, his teacher called him out. Ten-year-old boy being doing the right thing as Southerners. We say, yes, sir. We say, yes, ma'am. No, sir. No, ma'am. A lot of us can't help it. It just kind of rolls off the tongue. But I am so proud of Teresa Wilson. And if she has a husband or significant other in her life that's a father figure to, to Marion, doing a great job training this young man how to say the right things as a Southern. He's a great Southerner. We need to send him a y'all prize pack to Tarboro, North Carolina. Ten-year-old boy saying, ma'am, and he gets in trouble for it from his teacher. Somebody needs to take that teacher out and teach her a few lessons. She's got to be a Yankee. She's just got to be a Yankee. 
The Wilson County Fair has been going on in Lebanon, Tennessee, just east of Nashville. And people go there at fairs and have a good time and all's fine and well. Well, a woman there allowed her child to participate at a game at the Wilson County Fair over the weekend. And when she returned home from the fair Saturday, she inspected the toy bear that her child won. And in that toy bear, there was a camera inside of it. And investigators have now taken a closer look at the bear and found a lens and a board that were both not functional and had no power source. That's good news. The operator of the booth at the Wilson County Fair said that the bear originated from a kind of a discount facility in the state of Georgia that he bought a bunch of stuffed animals from. And they believe that this bear actually should have been labeled a nanny cam for a surveillance camera used to check on nannies and babysitters. But the nanny cam camera was returned and packaged for discount resale and wasn't identified as being a nanny cam. So therefore, they put it out on display at the Wilson County Fair and someone gets off. I can't believe someone actually would take a bear home and inspect it that closely to find a cam camera. That, that's, a, that's a good parent there, I guess, or someone who is a little bit on the paranoid state. But good news from the Wilson County Fair that, that it looks like that was the only one, and it sounds like an honest mistake happened. They weren't trying to do some kind of surveillance in Lebanon, Tennessee. In Alabama, Michael B. Jordan, not the basketball player, the actor who's known for his role in Marvel's Black Panther movie. He was in Montgomery, Alabama this week where he went and met with some school children and got his picture taken and had a good time. And he did a, this as a goodwill ambassador thing for this group of boys in Montgomery, Alabama this week. So, yeah, if you're in the capital city of Montgomery and you saw Michael B. Jordan prancing around town, well, that, that was the real Michael B. Jordan from the great movie that was a blockbuster hit earlier in the year, Black Panther. Jordan is in Montgomery where he's filming a movie called Just Mercy, which is based on attorney Brian Stevenson's book of the same name. And this is about Stevenson's life as a defense attorney in a 1993 appeals case, which exonerated Monroe, Alabama man Walter McMillan. McMillan had been serving a death sentence for the death of Rhonda Morrison in Monroeville, though an appeals court later found him to be wrongfully convicted. And Jordan's going to portray Stevenson in the film. Oscar-winning actor Jamie Foxx is actually going to play McMillan in the movie Just Mercy, filming now in Montgomery, Alabama. In South Carolina, a woman is dying, and we put the, that word in quotes, dying for the coroner's job. Well, she's dying for the job, but according to the local Democratic Party in South Carolina, she's not going to be on the ballot because she's not qualified. This is for Lynette Samuels Cooper. She wants to be the coroner in Clarendon County, which is in Manning, South Carolina. She defeated someone named Bucky Mock at a recent election, but now the Democratic Party is going to take her win away from her because she's been ruled ineligible. A judge said that Samuels Cooper lacked experience as a death investigator or medical examiner meeting statutory requirements. She's filed an appeal to that ruling. I can't imagine anybody wanting to be a coroner that bad to fight it like this woman in Clarendon County, South Carolina is to try to be coroner. A Houston, Texas man is accused of shooting at female drivers, and he did it, according to authorities. 
He told them he did it in self-defense because women are incompetent drivers. <laughs> he may win the award today for D-U-M-M Dumb. Harris County officials arrested Nicholas Martin D'Agostino, age 29, after two women were shot through the windows of their car as they drove around Katy, Texas. D'Agostino told a judge that they had swerved at him and that he shot to stop the threats. He confessed to shooting at a total of six female drivers, according to court documents. What a knucklehead. Shooting at women, innocent women, and claiming that he did it in self-defense because women are incompetent drivers. Now that, right there, is some kind of hashtag somebody needs to create against Mr. D'Agostino in Houston, Texas. And finally, in Florida, there's a town called Mayo, Florida. It is in North Florida. It's kind of sandwiched between Live Oak and Perry, Florida. Well, maybe an hour east of Tallahassee. Well, Mayo is changing its name, at least for a few days. The mayor of the tiny town of less than 1,500 residents has announced that the city is going to change its name to Miracle Whip instead of Mayo, Florida. But it's a joke. The name change started as a secret, kind of a tongue-in-cheek marketing proposal for the Kraft Heinz on mayonnaise alternative. And it looks like it might have been something they worked with Miracle Whip on the company as videographers for the brand were in town over the weekend and were recording the shock of residents when they heard that the name of their town would be changed to that corporate brand of Miracle Whip. Representatives of the condiment plan to spend the next few days filming their jocular efforts to get residents of Mayo, Florida to remove mayonnaise from their homes. Pretty good marketing ploy by the folks at Miracle Whip in Mayo, Florida, but with 15 resident, 1,500 residents strong getting in the news because, because of their name, Mayo, Florida. Home of, well, I shouldn't say that. They're in Miracle Whip, Florida. Sounds like a place we need to take our show and visit and hold the mayo. <laughs> well, this is the Y'all Show. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to talk about Florida. Maybe Miracle Whip, Florida, we'll be talking about. There's a big day in Florida today as it's a primary day. Republicans and Democrats alike going to the polls. We'll tell you what's up on the governor's race in Florida as well as the U.S. Senate race and today's also primary runoff day in Oklahoma. We'll have all that on our political report. That's coming up next on Y'all. Whether you brew the craftiest beer or offer the sharpest haircuts in town, we've got the right business cards to promote what makes your business great at Vistaprint. And right now, we're offering 500 custom cards starting at just $9.99. You can choose everything about your card, the shape, the paper, and you can design it yourself or ask for a little help from our support team. So get the most bang for your and head to Vistaprint.com to get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 7373 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 7373. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 has arrived at Sprint. For a limited time, get the super-powerful new Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. It's the fastest Note ever, and you can get it on a network built for unlimited. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 is also perfect for gaming. Take your Fortnite skills to a new level with the largest battery ever seen in a Note. Along with a 6.4-inch edge-to-edge infinity screen and stereo speakers, Galaxy Note 9 also features a smarter camera and a mightier S Pen with remote control. Make the switch to Sprint right now and get the Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. 
Plus, get annual upgrades with Galaxy Forever. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com slash Samsung, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Note 9, 2083 per month after 2084 per month. Credit applied within two bills. Requires new line and 18-month lease. Early termination results and remaining balance due. Upgrade after 12 lease payments. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes. Requires qualifying plan. Subject to credit. $30 activation fee and restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Jessica Alba, entrepreneur and mom. When it comes to helping students succeed, I'm all in. And so is Staples. That's why I'm teaming up with Staples for Students and DonorsChoose.org, the charity that helps teachers bring learning to life. Join us by donating in-store or online at staplesforstudents.com. Your donation will help local teachers make a difference for their students because every kid deserves a great start this school year. It's the Y'all Show, talk with a southern accent. Plenty of barbecue talk coming up in hour two as the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Herons, will rejoin us for a great discussion of tailgate barbecue and Maryland and barbecue. The state of Maryland is more than just crab cakes, and Matt will tell us all about it in hour two. So hang on for this border state and what they have to offer. Maybe they're not so northern, maybe they're more southern. We'll tell you all about it coming up in hour two of today's Y'all Show. On the Y'all Show now, we turn our spotlight to Florida, and this is the Y'all Political Report, where each week we try to put a little red and blue lens on the South. And today in the state of Florida, it is a primary day. Republicans and Democrats alike are all over the state canvassing for votes and trying to get a a large turnout as this primary is going to set the stage for a very contentious November general election. It always seems to come down to Florida, and that's no different even if there's no presidential race going on. In the state of Florida today, most people will be watching closely the race for governor in the state of Florida. You've got Adam Putnam, who was a congressman from Florida who decided to leave Congress, and he ran for agricultural secretary in the state of Florida, and he is the winner. He won that race, and he's been the agricultural secretary in Florida, which agriculture is a massive, massive deal in the Sunshine State. And he is running in this primary today on the Republican side against Congressman Ron DeSantis. Now, DeSantis has already gotten the support of Donald Trump for this election. Trump has come out strongly in in favor of DeSantis, and I don't really know why. I know DeSantis has been a vocal proponent of President Trump, but Putnam is a, seems like a good guy. I know he hasn't been in Washington, D.C. in years past, but he was there for a long time as a congressman. You may remember him. He's a redhead. Not too many redheaded congressmen out there, uh, now agricultural secretary in the Sunshine State. But he is running against DeSantis. And it's been a contentious Republican primary race. And today's vote will be one worth watching. 
with the support of the president, you would think that DeSantis should be able to pull this out. But Putnam's a strong guy, and he's got a lot of support in Tallahassee and beyond. We're going to go now to a clip from about a month ago. Fox News, Brett Baer of Fox News, was in the Sunshine State for a actual debate between these two. And all the bells and whistles that Fox offers televised this debate between these two Republican GOP hopefuls for governor. And we're going to hear now a portion of that between Ron DeSantis and Adam Putnam, the two Republican GOP candidates for governor running today. Both of you here on stage said that you would sign the heartbeat bill here in Florida, which would ban abortions after a fetal heartbeat is detected. So the question is, that is viewed as a direct challenge to Roe versus Wade. Given that, do you believe that the next Supreme Court justice should vote to overturn Roe v. Wade? Well, first of all, our prayers are with the good people in Annapolis, and we're certainly grateful for the law enforcement officers who responded so rapidly. Welcome to Florida, Brett. Welcome to Florida, Martha. And what an exciting time to be in front of such a live audience of a thousand Florida Republicans. It's a... Uh, Completely different than, uh, than a Washington, D.C. studio, and I just want to say, welcome to Florida, Congressman. It is, um, I am thrilled. I am thrilled that President Trump has a second opportunity to remake the U.S. Supreme Court with a constitutionalist justice. This is going to be exciting for decades to come. We look forward to seeing who it is. It will be, if they're anywhere near as good as Justice Gorsuch has been, it's an exciting time for America. Yes, I've said I would sign the heartbeat bill. Yes, we need a constitutionalist on the bench, someone who is not going to try and make law from the bench, but someone who will abide by our Constitution and protect and defend life. So, so that means yes, it should be a justice who overturns Roe v. Wade. We should have a strict constitutionalist on the bench, someone who recognizes the individual rights in this country, someone who also recognizes that our founders intended that you defend life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I'm honored to have the support of the Florida Family Action Council in the governor's race in here, here in Florida because they know that as governor, I will always pursue a pro-life agenda here in Florida as Florida's next governor. Okay, Congressman DeSantis, same question to you. Considering the Supreme Court nominee that will be up here, uh, your, your question, would it be someone to overturn Roe v. Wade? So I'm proud to have the endorsement of President Donald Trump in this race. And I think that Donald Trump has done a better job appointing judges to both the U.S. Supreme Court and the appeals court than any other president in my lifetime, including one of my heroes, Ronald Reagan. So God bless Donald Trump for doing that. And I think the opportunity to replace Justice Kennedy uh, is really a historic opportunity. It should be a constitutionalist in the mold of Justice Antonin Scalia or Clarence Thomas, that who understands the proper role of the court is to apply the law and constitution as it's actually written, not to legislate from the bench, not to impose a judge's philosophy on the rest of the country. And I say there's an analog here in Florida. 
The next governor in all likelihood is going to have three appointments to our state Supreme Court, which is a historically liberal court. They're activists. They legislate from the bench. I can tell you this. I am best positioned to identify those candidates for nomination to the state Supreme Court who are going to apply the law faithfully and will not be judicial activists. If we get it right, we can end judicial activism in Florida for a generation. And that were the two gentlemen running for governor of Florida on the Republican side of the ballot, Putnam and DeSanto going off against each other today. And we'll have all the results on the Wednesday, y'all. Well, if you think the Republican side's heated, well, the Democratic side of the race for governor in Florida is also turned into a real barn burner. And you've got five legitimate candidates all running in today's primary. They are Andrew Gillum, who is a Miami native, but lives in Tallahassee. He's actually the mayor of Tallahassee, been mayor since 2014. He's running. You have Gwen Graham, a U.S. congressman from 2015 to 2017, and she's the daughter of former governor and Senator Bob Graham. So Gwen Graham, Andrew Gillum, you've got Jeff Green, a real estate billionaire, and he was a candidate for Florida Senate seat back in 2010. You also have Chris King, entrepreneur and founder of the Elevation Financial Group, and you also have the mayor of Miami Beach, Philip Levine, those five running for the Democratic GOP position, Gillum, Graham, Green, King, Levine, and they also had a recent, a recent debate between the five of them. We're going to hear a portion of that. I know it's going to be a little confusing to hear only the audio, but the first voice you'll hear is Andrew Gillum, who is the mayor of Tallahassee. He's running. We'll start the clip now with these five running for Democratic seat for governor. Again, pose the original question to Mr. Green. Now, again, that question from George Bennett is, what should the per people spending figure be? And at the same time, where should the additional money come from, Mr. Green? Again, it should be a lot more than $7,400 a, a student. You know, the Republican governors over 20 years declared war on public education. You know what? They've won the war. We're now 40th in the country in public education. Do you know that 12th graders in Florida, only 19% of 12th graders can do 12th grade math and only 36% can do 12th grade reading. We've got a lot of work to do in Florida, but I can tell you that, that it, it's the way the money will come from, it's very easy. It's an $89 billion budget. I have two places to come from. Number one, we have to stop the billion dollars we're giving to spend on charter and private school vouchers. That's the billion right there. In the governor's budget this year, is $1.4 billion discretionary. That will get another, that'll get us to $2.4 billion. I'm running out of time. That'll get us another 800, eight, that'll get us another 800 bucks a child right there. We'll do a lot more. All right, I'm going to move on now and uh, bring in our other panelists, Nancy Ankrum for the Miami Herald, who has a question to all the candidates. Uh, starting with Philip Levine. Nancy? Yes. Rick Scott called himself the jobs governor. And Florida has seen significant job growth and low unemployment. However, I live in Miami, where according to Bloomberg News, jobs are either high paying or low wage. How will you narrow the income inequality gap and improve the quality of life for low wage workers in a high cost region? Thank you, Nancy. I've traveled around the state, and this is an issue for all Floridians. At $8.25 an hour is our minimum wage, no one can live on that. I meet people that take three jobs in order to pay their rent and to be able to have food to eat. Yes, Governor Scott did create a lot of jobs, but he created low-paying jobs. My vision is to create a 21st century economy in Florida. I come from a state called Massachusetts. 
And you know why Massachusetts and Boston has all the great high-paying jobs? It's not because they bribed their way into becoming a 21st century economy. It's because they pay their teachers a nationally competitive rate and salary, and they have the greatest education in the country. So for in order for us to create better jobs, we need to have, first of all, better education. We need to make sure we have affordable housing. We stop raiding that Sadowski fund. We need to create a 21st century economy. And that the audio there from five of the people running for the Democratic primary going on today in Florida for the governor, Andrew Gillum, Gwen Graham, Jeff Green, Chris King, Philip Levine. And we'll have all the good stuff on the Wednesday y'all of the winners from both Republican and Democrats. And that's just for governor in the state of Florida. The current governor, Rick Scott, is running for U.S. Senate. We'll talk about that primary, or really not much of one in Florida, also going on. You still got to officially win, and that's happening today if you go to the polls in the Sunshine State. We'll talk about the Florida Senate race and some congressional races to watch for in Florida today. Also, Oklahoma has a primary runoff going on today as well. We'll briefly touch on that as we roll on with more of the All Show with your host, John Roth. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I've never felt more alive. Disclaimer, GEICO cannot guarantee you will feel more alive. You either possess functioning respiratory and circulatory systems, or you do not, or you are a zombie. If you are indeed a brain-starved zombie and you would like to save money on car insurance, the GEICO legal team applauds your excellent life choices, even in your shambling afterlife. But we strongly encourage you to visit GEICO.com or download the GEICO app. Please stay a minimum of 500 feet away from our large and presumably delicious, delicious brains. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Back for the final segment of this hour one of the Tuesday Y'all with your host, John Rawl. We've been talking politics, and we'll continue to talk a little Florida politics now before we move over to Oklahoma. And then today, if you're in Florida, go out and vote. You've got a Republican and Democratic primary going on. Well, we've discussed in detail in the previous segment the governor's race on both sides. Well, in Florida, you'll also be able to vote in the primaries for U.S. Senate as Bill Nelson is up for re-election. He is the current senator and former astronaut serving in Washington, D.C., and his seat is up. He should easily win the Democratic nomination for that general election spot in November. His challenger is likely going to be the governor of Florida right now, Rick Scott. Rick Scott is going to is expected to easily win the Republican primary today, so it'll be Rick Scott of Florida's governor fame, and you've got Bill Nelson running against each other in November. This is going to be a very close race. I've seen some of the polling coming out for November's general election. It's, it seems like a toss-up at this point. A lot's going to depend on what happens in Florida. If there's any more, we just saw a, a mass shooting this past weekend. We've had, the, the, of course, the other shootings in the, that state in the last two to three years. If no other tragedy happens, then we sure hope nothing does happen. We, if that, that, unfortunately, if that were to happen, I'm sure that would affect the race. What happens with the country, of course, will affect the race. But the Senate race in Florida is one of those to certainly be looking out for come November. Now, because Ron DeSantis is leaving Congress to run for governor in Florida, well, that's going to open up his seat in Congress in Florida's 6th Congressional District. So in the race to replace him, on the Republican side, Michael Waltz is a combat veteran 
who has a lot of money raised. John Ward is a Navy vet who's also been raising big time, and those are just two of the major Republicans going for the 6th Congressional District seat that's been vacated by DeSantis running for governor. On the Democratic side, Nancy Soderberg, who was a former ambassador to the UN, she's on the Democratic Congressional Committee campaign's red to blue list as a possible winner of the Democratic primary today. So watch for this former ambassador to the United Nations, Nancy Soderberg, possibly winning the Democratic nomination and going up in this historically red district, Florida's 6th Congressional District, in today's primary. She should win easily, and we'll see what happens. As She was in the U.N., I think, during the Obama years. The 7th Congressional District is a district Democrats need to hold on to, and the Democrat there, Stephanie Murphy, who was first elected to Congress back in 2016, she's got a, a real serious challenge going on and her primary challenger on the Democratic side is Chardo Richardson, who's running a leftist campaign in Florida's 7th Congressional District against her. Now, the Republicans, really, that's going to be a much harder race for a Republican to win. But going on in the primary today is Representative Mike Miller from the state of Florida legislature. And he's going to be going against business leader Scott Sturgill. Another district to keep an eye on is Florida's 15th Congressional District as Dennis Ross is retiring and current State Representative Ross Spano and his former State Representative Neil Comby look like the favorites to replace him on the Republican side. They're having their primary today. Democratically, you're going to see Attorney Kirsten Carlson versus Navy vet and business executive Andrew Learned going off for that particular Congressional District. And on the Republican side of the 16th Congressional District of Florida, Representative Vern Buchanan first elected to Congress in 2005. He voted for Obamacare repeal and the tax bill last year, but his seat is vulnerable. So watch out for David Shapiro to be challenging when all this happens and the dust settles in the 16th Congressional District. He's an attorney and he is likely to win. He's going to be facing Jan Schneider in the race today. Another district to be watching for is Florida's 18th Congressional District and the 25th Congressional District, the 26th Congressional District, the 27th Congressional Districts, tons of districts in Florida, all very much open in some cases. One of the South Florida races, the 27th Congressional District, is because Alina Ross Lehan, she's leaving her seat. You know, she's been a fixture in Washington for a long time, a Republican and she will be leaving Congress, and we'll see what happens there as people line up to fill her seat. Actually, on the Democratic side, Bill Clinton's former Health and Human Service Secretary, Donna Shalala, is amongst those going for this 27th Congressional District seat on the Democratic side. So that's what's happening in Florida. Not a boring day in the state of Florida. In Oklahoma, there's a race for governor going on, and in the, on the Republican side, you got Republicans Mick Cornett and Kevin Stitt are facing each other in a runoff election. Cornett is the Oklahoma City mayor, and business executive Kevin Stitt is a native of Tulsa. So a Republican runoff going on in Oklahoma today for governor on the Republican side. On the Democratic side, former Oklahoma Attorney General Drew Edmondson has already won and the Democratic primary in June, so he awaits the winner of Cornette v. Stitt on the Republican side 
of Oklahoma's race for governor. And that is a look at what's going on on the primary festivities of this Tuesday as Florida and Oklahomans go to the polls and make up their minds. And I do believe, I, I thought we had already reached the point, but I do believe these are going to be the final primaries and final primary runoffs that we're going to see as November is fast approaching, and that's when the general election is going to be for everybody. Well, thank you for listening to our political talk here on the Y'all Show. If we didn't cover your state, well, that's because we covered it in great detail in the past, whether it was Alabama or Mississippi or Tennessee or Georgia. We've covered all of our southern state primaries that have happened since we've been on the air. And we will watch all the polls closely, and we'll keep you posted as we roll through November. Listen for great interviews here on the Y'all Show with some of the candidates for governor, some of the candidates for U.S. Senate, as we try to get people from various states on our Y'all Show and let you hear their story. When we come back in Hour 2, we're going to talk some sports. We'll take a look at our sports land yap. It's game week for college football, and we'll tell you about the Houston Cougars as they have a big in-town game this week against the Rice Owls. And Houston is a team to be watching for because they've got the guy that's predicted to be the number one draft pick in all of the land. The NFL's number one draft pick is a Houston Cougar, supposedly. And we'll tell you about that. And later in hour two, we'll have the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue stop by with his great report on grilling and Maryland barbecue. You don't want to miss it. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl. We will be right back, so saddle up. Hi, I'm Jessica Alba, entrepreneur and mom. When it comes to helping students succeed, I'm all in. And so is Staples. That's why I'm teaming up with Staples for Students and DonorsChoose.org, the charity that helps teachers bring learning to life. Join us by donating in store or online at staplesforstudents.com. Your donation will help local teachers make a difference for their students because every kid deserves a great start this school year. The Y'all Show continues. Welcome back to Hour 2 on this Tuesday with your gracious host, John Rawl, the general of all things Southern. And the general says, troops, thank you so much for listening. Hope your Tuesday's off and going. You know, we got college football going on now. We've got Labor Day around the corner. And you can go have a nice long weekend in a couple of days. So a lot to be smiling about right now if you're a Southerner. And we still have pretty good weather for the most part. It's not quite as maybe hot in your part of the south as it was just a few weeks ago. So that's good news. We don't want the snow to start coming either. Didn't I see somewhere in the weather this week there was snow somewhere in the country, which may not be that unusual. But I can't imagine, no matter where you are in the good old U.S. of A, (laughs) having snowfall in the month of August. But that happened somewhere. I'm sure you may have seen it and paid more attention than I did. Well, we got Matt Herman's coming up in the next segment to talk some barbecue and talk about football and grilling and such. But right now on the Y'all Show, we're going to go into what we call our sports lanyap, where we look around all sports and we try to find, in terms of college sports, we like to focus on the non-power conferences, the not the ACC, not the SEC. We try to we try to give the the little people a little love, and we'll do that with 
the American Conference's Houston Cougars here in just a few. But right now, a sad story if you know what happened over the weekend in Jacksonville, Florida, as two people were killed at a video game tournament. It turns out that one of the people killed was 27-year-old Taylor Robertson. And this West Virginian was a huge Tennessee Titans fan. And the Titans are going to honor this victim in a very special way. And the Titans had called him a husband, father, and passionate Titans fan who represented us honorably each time he competed. And Taylor Robertson, who died in this tragedy in Florida, CNN reported that Robertson was one of the two victims of the Jacksonville shooting. He and Eli Clayton were killed when this gunman opened fire at Jacksonville Landing on Sunday. Robertson was from Ballard, West Virginia, and he had career winnings of more than $80,000. He won the Madden NFL 17 Classic, but was a Tennessee Titan fan, and I think he competed as a Titans player, or they were his team in these video video tournaments, I guess is what they're called. And the Titans, on Monday of this week, they tweeted out, the Titans community lost a beloved member of the week over the weekend. Our thoughts and prayers are with the family of Taylor Robertson. Taylor was a husband, father, and a passionate Titans fan who represented us honorably each time he competed. Tighten up! Give him love of this video gamer who was killed tragically in Jacksonville over the weekend. San Antonio Spurs star Manu Ginobili announced Monday that he is going to retire. He is the last of the so-called Big Three Spurs that were so big in their run. Tim Duncan and Tony Parker and their run with NBA championships and such. And he retires after 16 seasons in the NBA. He's 41 years old, and he said, quote, Today, with a wide range of feelings, I'm announcing my retirement from basketball. It's been a fabulous journey, way beyond my wildest dreams. Ginobili, a person that San Antonians grew to love, and certainly when you win championships like he did, makes for such a great memory of this Great Spurs player. He had one year left on his contract worth $2.5 million. But Manu Ginobili walking away from the game of basketball. And we wish him well. And Spurs fans are going to miss his role in the black and silver. Now to college football. Mississippi State has suspended quarterback Nick Fitzgerald for the game on Saturday for a team rules violation. Coach Joe Moorhead announced this Monday in Starkville. The Bulldogs face off against Stephen F. Austin at Davis Wade Stadium on Saturday. The suspension is the result of a violation of team rules that occurred in March. Instead of Fitzgerald starting for the Maroon and White Saturday, it'll be Kateon Thompson starting for Bully. That's surprising news. And again, this happened for something back in March. I don't remember, not that I'm going to be having my pulse on everything Starkville, but I don't remember anything coming from that campus with Nick Fitzgerald causing a scene to where he would be suspended. You know, he was injured in the final regular season game against against Ole Miss, Mississippi, and he, I guess his injury helped, I would say, lose that game to their rival in the Egg Bowl, but not a good sign as Nick Fitzgerald, who many consider one of the top quarterbacks in the Southeastern Conference, sitting out in the home opener against Stephen F. Austin, the Lumberjacks, heading to Octibahaw County. 
Other quarterback news, we've got several schools in the South that we're going to get to. Another SEC school quarterback news that came out Monday. Joe Burrow is going to get the start for LSU in the Tigers opener against the Miami Hurricanes in Arlington, Texas on Sunday. Yes, they're playing Sunday. Sunday football, LSU and Miami. Coach Orgeron says that Burrow, who spent three years at Ohio State before leaving as a graduate transfer this offseason, he's beat out sophomore Miles Brennan to win the job. Sophomore Andre Sell is listed as the team's third-string QB. But a guy transferring from the, the Ohio State University, Joe Burrow, quarterbacking the Bayou Bengals and the opener in Arlington. Now to the ACC and the team that has been the second-best team in college football of late, the Clemson Tigers. Dabo Sweeney announced that Kelly Bryant will remain starting quarterback in Tigertown. Clemson takes on Furman Saturday. And there was some talk that true freshman Trevor Lawrence was going to give Bryant all he could handle for the quarterback starting role. But Coach Sweeney and the Tigers sticking with Kelly Bryant in the game against Furman. But look for Trevor Lawrence, especially with an FCS opponent Saturday, to get a lot of playing time, assuming he's not redshirted, and I'm sure he won't be. But Dabo Sweeney is going to keep Bryant under center. Now a guy who got injured in a very bad injury in the first game of 2017, DeAndre Francois of the FSU Seminoles. He has been chosen starting quarterback for Willie Taggart's team. He, the coach announced that on Monday. And Florida State takes on Virginia Tech in the big game on Monday night football of this coming week, Labor Day Monday. You've got a conference game, Florida State and Virginia Tech. And Francois will be back under center for the Garnet and Gold in that game in Tallahassee at Doak Campbell Stadium. Now to the Houston Cougars. They are a team to be on the lookout this year as they have one of the best players in all of college football. Outland Trophy winner Ed Oliver is a defensive stud for the Cougs. And he's going to be trying to get the Houston Cougars to places they haven't been in a long time this year. And Coach Major Applewhite and Houston face off against the Rice Owls in a road game in Houston this week. They will be playing at Rice Stadium Saturday. And a game that starts early, 11 o'clock kickoff at Rice Stadium between the Owls and the Cougars. And Coach Applewhite held a press conference yesterday. We're going to go now and hear the head coach who is 40 years old. It's hard to believe if you're over 40, you remember when Major Applewhite was a quarterback for the Texas Longhorns. He's now been the coach in Houston for two years now, and he, he may look a little young, but he's wise beyond his years when it comes to coaching. He's been an assistant for a long time, and with players like Ed Oliver on his team and other great players, UH just might be making a whole lot of noise in the American Conference this year. Here's the coach. You know, we've never released a depth chart prior to our first game. We've always released one going into our second game because we've already played our first one. Uh, but one thing that we've talked about uh, to all of our players is we don't really look at it in terms of starters. There's guys who play and there's guys who don't play. And how much you play is based on the trust that your staff and your players have in you and your production level. So that's it's very simple. You want to play more, create more trust, have more production. Uh, but we don't we don't get into the depth charts as much as we talk about these are the guys that are going to play and these are the guys who haven't produced enough or developed enough trust in their coaches and their teammates to go play. Major uh, Ryder, we uh, we know what Ed Oliver, Ed Oliver can do. Do you think he'll do something that surprised you this season? Absolutely, he has every other season. So I'm looking forward to to, to watching him play. You can tell you know what type of person that is, uh, how competitive he is. Uh, you can see the fall camp schedule start to 
to wear a little bit on him from the standpoint of I want to go play somebody else, Coach. So it's uh, it's it's time for him, and it's his it's his time of the year. He doesn't seem to he he doesn't let all the accolades, you know, that surround him <clears throat> affect him at all. He just like you said, he just wants to go play football. Yeah, I think we're all human, and to some extent those things seep into your mind, but he does an outstanding job of just keeping it about ball. Just play with great effort, play with great intensity, just keep it about the game. Major, how much do you get from now? You've gotten a chance to see Rice play a full game. How much does that help you in your prep going forward? A lot, a lot. It's, uh, it's confirmation. You know, it's confirmation on some things that you see, uh, whether it be some Michigan defense, uh, some Stanford offense, some special teams uh, from Maryland. Uh, it's confirmation on a lot of things that you think, uh, but you need, to, you need to have some, you know, some game tape to verify that. To follow up, Mark, uh, how much, I guess, do you rely on that Stanford tape? And then you look at, I think they ran 50 times in that game. That's a staple of what Stanford did. Do you, do you, are you careful about how much you, you try to look into the, the Stanford stuff, or do you think he brought a lot from what you've seen a lot over from yeah. that? You know, that's, that's the difficulty of being able to, you know, when you go back and you look at three different sides of the ball with three different universities, three different, you know, same coordinators. But, you know, certain things that work with, you know, Stanford players may not fit Rice or Maryland special teams may not fit. So you got to look and see, you know, what, uh, what correlates and what, what was run at those universities and also ran – at Rice, and those are things that uh, that you you know somewhat hang your hat on. Um, so all coaches are going to adjust to their personnel, uh, but you kind of know the personality after watching that offense and watching that offense at Stanford that there's a lot of similarities, and that you've been practicing some of the right things, and you see some of the same things on the defensive side of the ball. Major Applewhite, coach of the Houston Cougars, here on the Y'all Show as his team prepares to open the season against Rice. Rice comes into this game this weekend with their second game. They barely escaped last week. They played Prairie View. They got a field goal at the end to win against the FCS opponent, but Rice already with one game on the season, 1-0. Rice comes into this opener for Houston at least. This game will be over at Rice Stadium, and after this game, the road gets tough, real tough for Houston. They have the Arizona Wildcats coming into Houston for a game on September the 8th, and on the 15th of September, they go all the way to Lubbock. They take on the Texas Tech Red Raiders on the 15th of September, and then they start their conference play against the Tulsa Gold, Tulsa Gold and Hurricane October 4th. So lots of big games ahead real soon if you're a Houston Cougar fan and Major Applewhite trying to get that program back on the right track. You know, Tom Herman now at Texas was the coach in Houston, did a fantastic job, and Applewhite, if he can do the same thing, you can see him jump up to a major school with, he, with success like he's had. And remember, for Tom Herman, you had Kevin Sumlin in Houston. So Houston really has been a springboard. You can go there and do great things and then move on and get like a five, $10 million a year job coaching in a much bigger school if you're able to have some success leading the Cougars. Well, this is the Y'all Show. When we come back, we'll be talking to Matt Hermans, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. He's going to be tailgating Saturday in Houston, but he won't be at the Rice-Houston game. He'll be at the Ole Miss-Texas Tech game at NRG Stadium. We're going to find out what he's got on the grill this Saturday and his thoughts on the state of Maryland and barbecue and crab cakes and football. All that is right around the corner with the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Whether you brew the craftiest beer or offer the sharpest haircuts in town, 
We've got the right business cards to promote what makes your business great at Vistaprint. And right now, we're offering 500 custom cards starting at just $9.99. You can choose everything about your card, the shape, the paper, and you can design it yourself or ask for a little help from our support team. So get the most bang for your... And head to Vistaprint.com to get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 7373 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 7373. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 has arrived at Sprint. For a limited time, get the super-powerful new Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. It's the fastest Note ever, and you can get it on a network built for unlimited. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 is also perfect for gaming. Take your Fortnite skills to a new level with the largest battery ever seen in a Note. Along with a 6.4-inch edge-to-edge infinity screen and stereo speakers, Galaxy Note 9 also features a smarter camera and a mightier S Pen with remote control. Make the switch to Sprint right now and get the Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. Plus, get annual upgrades with Galaxy Forever. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com slash Samsung, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Note 9, 2083 per month after 2084 per month. Credit applied within two bills. Requires new line and 18-month lease. Early termination results and remaining balance due. Upgrade after 12 lease payments. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes. Requires qualifying plans. Subject to credit. $30 activation fee and restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Jessica Alba, entrepreneur and mom. When it comes to helping students succeed, I'm all in. And so is Staples. That's why I'm teaming up with Staples for Students and DonorsChoose.org, the charity that helps teachers bring learning to life. Join us by donating in-store or online at staplesforstudents.com. Your donation will help local teachers make a difference for their students because every kid deserves a great start this school year. With you, thank you for joining us on this All Southern Show with yours truly, John Rawl, as we broadcast on great stations across Dixie, and all of you who get us each and every day and each and every week via the iTunes podcast or any of the other podcast platforms out there. Thank you for listening to y'all. We're we're growing like kudzu across the land. Well, each week on the Y'all Show, we're lucky enough to be graced by Matt Hermans, the barrister of bodacious barbecue and we have the barrister lined up and i'm going to use a radio term cued but it's got a dual meaning here since he's the man of q we got the q man himself queued up matt hermans hello matt hey john you know i'm always (laughs) cued i didn't say cute i said cued (laughs) <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> uh, I, I know, I know. I just check checking to make sure our audience knows that you know you're a pretty good looking guy though. I mean, it's okay. Don't be bashful. Yeah, uh, you you give me a little too much credit, but that's okay. I'll well, roll with that. Well, you've got something that a lot of folks don't have. Is we, and I, I have this same attribute too. We have hair. It may not be the best hair, but we have hair. That's true. Plenty of it too, right? Yeah. In fact, somebody told me that I had uh, the other day, and maybe you have both of these as well in my description of, of my life and, and two things that I need to be more proud of, 
I have the two H's, and that's always important. You know what the two H's are? What are those? I have hair, and I have health insurance. That's true. I, I thought you were going to say hair and health, but yeah, health insurance is yeah. more important than health. Now, right? women yeah. don't care about your health. They just want to make sure you got insurance. So, yeah. yeah, life insurance. Right? Not that you need to be on the market anytime, Matt, but if you were, no, you, at least no, I think sir. you've got both of those covered. So congratulations. Yeah, I've got both of those, so I can't complain, right? Yeah. Well, we're going to get you to talk about grilling and barbecue, but this is a very, very stressful, if not uh, divided house divided for you internally in with your beautiful hair on top the rest of your body is going to be divided to some degree saturday <laughs> at nrg stadium matt's alma mater texas tech will be taking on his i don't know what you want to call old miss but they're <laughs> facing off against each other for the first time since the 2008 season matt are you going and if you are or aren't how, how are you gonna get through the day I am. I can answer both of those questions. Okay. I am. I am going. Uh, myself and my wife and a few others are headed up the road to Houston. Uh, we've got tickets. We're going to make a weekend of it. So oh, really? I can't. Can't wait. Uh, this to, is going to be an football. early kickoff, by the way, for our listeners. It is. What is it? Eleven o'clock central. Yeah, eleven o'clock central. So it's one of those tailgates where you you're having coffee and, and, and things like that outside the stadium but we're going to do the whole thing i'm i'm happy for college football to be back um yeah i don't know what i'll call it either so i got my i went to undergrad at texas tech got my degree there and i went to grad school at Ole miss and spent about two years there and never did get a degree but uh, i did everything else i think you would do in oxford but oh well we don't have anything else to talk about so let's talk about what you did in oxford yeah yeah so i had a good time i, I did everything <laughs> I did everything in Oxford, but uh, but coming out of there with a piece of paper, right? Well, so. well, that's what most people go there for. They go there, and they spend <laughs> years, and they have a great time, and supposedly they go to school, but like Shepard <laughs> Smith of Fox News, they leave Oxford without a degree. Yeah, well, I did. Apparently, if that's a tradition, I upheld that. So yeah. I ended up going uh, coming back to Texas for law school, well, but I was well, there for two years, and it was a great two years. Yeah. But – uh. Yeah, so I, I, the way I look at it is this. I think your undergrad is always going to control when it comes down like that. So I'm going to have to pull for my Red Raiders. I love Ole Miss. This is the one game of the season I won't be pulling for the Rebels. But uh, it's one of those things that if, uh, you know, if you're your undergrad institution, your alma mater, you don't want them to lose. But if they have to lose, I guess you'd rather lose them to a team that you like. But I'll be I'll be in red and black. Uh, on Saturday with my guns up, and then from then on out the season, I'm going to be hollering hotty toddy and wreck them, uh, depending on the, the time of day. Well, just just for just for the conservatives uh, and the rebel fans out there, if you see somebody passing one of these out, will you at least put one of these on a Colonel Reb is my mascot sticker? Is that asking you know, too much? No, be happy to. Okay, happy. I mean, that kind of goes good with red and black. It does. It does. I, I, I would. I would. Uh, I would be happy to do that. Absolutely. Because this will be the debut of the Land Shark. Tony the Land Shark will make his debut in the I big thought. game. Did you see it? Uh, it's well. It, yes. I've seen it. I saw it, and then I've had a couple nightmares, and I saw it in the. <laughs> it's awful. It is absolutely it's a little creepy looking. <laughs> now Houston is right there. They've got a couple of bayous that come up in the city of Houston, so maybe Tony oh. will find his way to a bayou there. What what's the famous one in Houston? 
Houston is the Bayou City, the Buffalo Bayou. Buffalo is the Bayou, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's about twenty. Old, yeah, old Tony needs to go too. for a little stroll along Buffalo Bayou and find himself <laughs> in the Bayou, and then say, you know what? I think I don't want to be on the land anymore. I think I want to go out to the Gulf. He may find. Uh, there's been rumors he may find him a, a friendly uh, little bull shark in there. Apparently, they come up the Bayou. At least, right? least at least that's what uh, rumors say. From time wow. To time. Well, it should be fun. Again, this is a big Saturday for college football fans as virtually every major team plays a game Saturday. There are a couple of games like LSU-Miami that are happening on Sunday. Then I think it's Virginia Tech-Florida State playing on Monday night. Uh, so but the majority of the most of the teams are playing on Saturday. It's going to be a great time. Now, Matt, you mentioned this is the early game for you as Ole Miss and Texas Tech face off at NRG Stadium in Houston, home of the Texans. What do you do grilling-wise when you have such an early kickoff? What, what, what's going on the Hearman's Grill at 9 o'clock in the morning or 8 or 7 or whatever time? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to do breakfast. So the uh, way I like to, to do, I'm going to bring my charcoal grill. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm going to bring a griddle, a little cast iron griddle. And I'm going to do some sausage. I'm going to grill some sausage on there. And I'm going to use the griddle to do some bacon and some eggs. Um, and I've got a, a method that I do. I can cook biscuits on the, on the grill. So really, I do. Yeah. Uh, I, I, we can't let I, you I, say I, that. Not, you got it. You, you got, you got a splain. <laughs> yeah. So what I do is I, I keep my, I keep my charcoal on the far side of the uh, charcoal grill. Uh, that way it's indirect. Then I use two foil pans. I use a foil pan to kind of uh, put it upside down, then I spray it, then I put my biscuits on top of the pan, I shut the lid, um, and you essentially bake it, uh, charcoal bake it for at about 350 degrees, and then halfway I'll have to turn them around because you still have the heat coming that one side. But if you turn them around once, you basically treat it like an oven with the lid down, you make biscuits. I've done it for years. So we're going to have uh, we're gonna have biscuits, sausage, eggs, and, and all that good stuff for breakfast out there in the morning. We'll be well, out there about 8 o'clock. Well, when we've talked to you in weeks past, Matt, we've always talked about the traditional grill you have at your house ready for game day yeah, when you're sure. grilling out at home. Well, you're taking it on the road, and this is actually something I want to talk to you about because not only are you taking it to the road, I don't think you go tailgate very often in the parking lot of NRG Stadium. So when you go to a place you're not all that familiar with, how much does that influence what you choose to cook and the equipment and such that you bring? Yeah, that's a good question. So I know for, I've been, you're right, I don't go off and I don't, I don't go to a lot of NFL games, but I have been there for bowl games in the past. So I, I know from experience that it is, it is a giant parking lot. So I don't have any uh, concerns about um, having dry grass or anything like that around. It's just one big old chunk of concrete. So that eliminates a lot of the issues. If the grass were to be dry or something like that, I want to take more precautions. But it's a big old parking lot, so I can do whatever I want, so I will bring the charcoal grill um, without worrying about any type of fire or anything like that. There's all kinds of restrictions. Um, the best thing I could say is to figure out if, if an open flame is allowed. And a lot of times, uh, depending on where you are, and of course, you know, we're on a Southern radio show. We got people tailgating all over from Texas to Florida, from Virginia to mm. Arkansas. And every stadium's got their own, uh, uh, you know, their own uh, policy. Sometimes open flame means you can't build a, a fire. Sometimes open flame means you cannot uh, have a grill. Uh, technically, 
a lot of times in open flame, if you've got the grill down, the lid down on the grill, you'd be fine. But uh, you always need to know exactly what the policy is. You don't want to get in trouble. Um, and I'm sure you've done all the research before this weekend. Certainly have. Certainly have. So uh, I'm good there. As long as I keep everything contained in the grill, uh, I'm good to go. Uh, so I'll, and I'll make sure it's cleaned up and, and uh, put out before I head into the stadium for the football game. Now, if you're a fan of a certain team or if your team's on the road, we encourage you, most every school now has uh, on their official website for their athletics teams, they've got somewhere on their website a link that has exactly what Matt's talking about, all the guidelines that you must follow. Remember, some schools, it's a big no-no to even have alcohol in the tailgate area. So you need to make sure you're aware of that. And when it comes to grills, I mean, Matt, is there a certain type of grill that's generally accepted by anybody, anywhere, kind of like uh, Southern Miss's policy about playing people anywhere, any place, anytime? Yeah, right. Anywhere, any place, anytime. Yeah, I mean, so – it has to do with flame. So if, you, if there's an issue, if there's some type of issue with flame, um, then you, of course, would be restricted from both a gas grill and a charcoal grill. Um, but you could still uh, bring something electric. So there's an electric griddle. Um, there are some, quote, um, I, he- I hesitate to use the word grill, to be honest with you, but there are electric grill type um, items that you just plug in. You can plug into a generator. You can plug into your, your truck if you have one of those outlets. You can just cook like a griddle and do burgers and stuff like that. That's not a flame. That should be fine. I hesitate to call that a grill because a uh, grill is typically fire, um, and there's no fire to an electric uh, griddle. But, you know, you got to make do what you can do. Uh, then you can you can certainly roll out the electric griddle. Well, no matter what type of grill, and let's say this weekend with your charcoal grill, flames are one thing. But one thing I have to ask you, you're talking about tailgating in a parking lot. There's not going to be any wind barriers and such. How do you keep your grill from tipping over because of wind or some idiot walking by and not paying attention and hitting it? What do you do to anchor your <laughs> anchor down? How do you do that? Yeah, I'm on my laughing because step one is have your tailgate in Houston, Texas, which is basically a bowl with no wind and nothing but humidity. So, that, But if you don't do that, if you're in a place where you actually do get a breeze, which some places do for like, sure. For example, Lubbock, Texas. I'm sure. Like that's... in Lubbock, that's right. Like <laughs> in Lubbock, the wind flows swiftly across the plains. That's right. So, or in Oklahoma, as the song says. But yeah, um, honestly, you're not going to have. You're going to have to have some. I would. I will just say this: if you got wind so bad that it's going to knock your grill over, um, I would say. <laughs> You might as well call it another day. You might as well, you might as well stop by Chick Fil A and just get something out of the. But Matt, like, you, you, you know, built it up. I mean, party. people are ready to tailgate, and they don't want to go through Chick Fil A. They want to sit there and get drunk and have a good time and have something to yeah, grill. Yeah. And and then and then you're gonna let a little wind get in the way. I mean, come yeah. come on. Then, then if you're if you're determined, and I've, look, I've been here. I've been in this situation. I'm sure you um, have. Where I just have to. I got to get it done. Uh, specifically in the winter when you're talking bowl season and stuff like that. Uh, there's different ways you can do it. If you're under a tent, uh, you can always set up a little umbrella to block the wind to get it going. And once you're going, you're okay. You can always put put uh, put the grill between two trucks, not too close to the paint job, obviously, but the two trucks will block the wind generally. I've done that move before. And then you could use, uh, if you got a bunch of friends out there, you just line up a bunch of friends in front of the wind 
to kind of create a wind block until you get the thing lit. And, uh, you know, I guess if you keep, uh, keep supplying them with cold beverages, they'll probably stand there as long as you'd like. So those are some, uh, those are some strategic methods. If you can get the thing lit, you can cook in any weather, put it that way. Yeah. If you can get it lit. If you can get it lit, you can cook period. All right. Well, we appreciate you sharing this great grilling information for those parking lot type tailgates maybe down the road we'll get a little bit more formal cooking advice at the tailgate from our barrister of bodacious barbecue matt hermans hold on we're not done with matt when we come back we've got some great barbecue joints picked out and matt where are we going to go this week well we uh we are going to uh kind of an out of the ordinary or a place you wouldn't necessarily think of we're going to go to maryland and talk about the ah. food up there ah. we, uh, we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to head a little bit north and, and east, and we're going to talk uh, talk something off the beaten trail. If you, All if you, right, so maybe even more than barbecue we've got coming up after yes, the break. Sir. So yes, hold sir. on, guns up, hotty tidy, whatever your war cry, war shout is. We appreciate you listening to the Y'all Show as college football is here. We'll be back to talk about Maryland and what is, you know, what's the saying, Matt? What's Maryland all about? Crab cakes and football. <laughs> All right, Maryland, we've got the big y'all spotlight shining on you next. This is the Y'all Show. Stay with us. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Offer lasts for 90 days from air date. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Gift card offer valid only for new customers applying for a personal loan. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. Medical bills, credit card bills, auto loan bills. Oh, no. Are you stressed trying to get your bills paid each month? Wouldn't it be a huge relief to make just one simple payment? Get that relief today with a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Avant is an online leading platform that has rescued hundreds of thousands of Americans struggling with the stress of high interest debt. That could save you money, simplify your life, and erase all that stress. The application is quick, and you could have the money you need as soon as the next business day if approved by 4.30 Central Time, Monday through Friday. And now, get a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your rates and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 1818 when applying. That's AVANT.com, promo code 1818. Hey, Dad, want to shoot some hoops? In a bit, buddy. I promise. Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment. I'll just play by myself. For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief. Yes! Great shot, buddy. Let's play another game. You're on, Dad. Get Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use as directed. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I've never felt more alive. Disclaimer, GEICO cannot guarantee you will feel more alive. You either possess functioning respiratory and circulatory systems, or you do not, or you are a zombie. If you are indeed a brain-starved zombie and you would like to save money on car insurance, the GEICO legal team applauds your excellent life choices, even in your shambling afterlife. But we strongly encourage you to visit GEICO.com or download the GEICO app. Please stay a minimum of 500 feet away from our large and presumably delicious, delicious brains. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison, why? Texting and driving. 
makes good people look bad. Visit StopTechStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Some miles of here This town ain't got a Walmart And never ever will There's a church and a filling station Where you get your gas Then there's Dixie Rose Deluxes Honky Tonk Feed Store Gun Shop Used Car Beer Babe Barbecue Barbershop Laundromat Back into the Y'all Show, I'm John Rawl alongside Matt Hermans, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, and we've got our report right now where Matt focuses more on some great places for you to check out. We've already got you set up for the weekend's tailgating, wherever you may go, be going for that. Now, let's plan your trips away from football. Well, there's actually a pretty big game going on this weekend between the Texas Longhorns and the Maryland Terrapins, this will be a game played at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. Remember, last year the Terps went all the way to Austin and shocked the Hookums. And now Texas tries to go to Maryland and get a victory there in the nation's capital. Well, we all know if you've been following our show, the drama that's been going on in the Maryland Terrapins athletic program. This Big Ten program has been in the news for all of the wrong reasons. They've got an interim coach right now. And we're going to talk about some Maryland eateries, but Matt Hermans, Mr. College Football, who I think you should take that title away from Tony Barnhart. Your your take <laughs> on that uh, Maryland-Texas game this weekend. Well, I, I, I'm happy to give you my take. I think it's still weird to say Big Ten and Maryland uh, in the same. They had no it, reason to leave the ACC. It, it, uh, it, it weirds me out. It, it creeps me out every time I hear it, but uh, – yeah, but you're right. So um, it's going to be an interesting game, I would say. Uh, the Texas Longhorns um, are going to have an advantage on the talent side of the football. They don't have any issue getting four- and five-star guys rolling to Austin every year. That has not translated into a whole heck of a lot of wins for the program. Uh, but Tom Herman, year two, um, I still think the guy's a heck of a coach. Um, I don't have any personal love for the Texas Longhorns, but – um, I, as an objective observer of college football, I will tell you that I think Tom Herman is going to do good things there in uh, in Austin. I will say this year, I think a lot of the uh, a lot of the Longhorns uh, wins or losses and how that shakes out are going to have to do with the quarterback play. Um, so there's been uh, you, you got um, uh, Etlinger and you got Bouchelle, uh, and then you've got some other guys kind of hanging around the outside, and I don't know. Um, if whoever starts, whoever ends up getting the starting nod, I'm not sure that quarterback ends up finishing the year out. There's just not anything in Austin that would lead me to believe that that's something that's going to be locked down. So I think it's going to have a lot to do with the quarterback. Um, I think Maryland um, is, like you said, they're in a mess. Um, this is not a team that is going to contend for the Big Ten this year. This is going to be, a, um, in my opinion, somebody going to be close and a program is going to be closer to the bottom. Um, I don't think Texas is necessarily the year that they're going to win the conference or, um, you know, contend for a playoff spot. But I think you're talking about a seven, eight win team um, with the right quarterback, with good quarterback play from either Etlinger or Bouchelle. And uh, at the end of the day, I think Texas wins fairly handily. 
All right. Well, as we said, Matt Hermans he brings to the table much more than just talking about Q. He's got the gridiron talk, too. And I knew when I teed it up, Texas and Maryland, you'd have something to say. So <laughs> good job. Now, yes, you, said, you told us before the break, Maryland, if you're going to the game, against the Texas Longhorns and Maryland Terrapins and Landover. And, and you, you go to the game, you got some time to kill, and you maybe want to go travel around the state of Maryland. I think it I actually may even be a Commonwealth. And you want to go to a place like Annapolis or go to the Eastern Shore and stuff. Well, Matt Hermans is our perfect guy to chat with about where, what should we do when in the great southern state, and I say that in air quotes, <laughs> of Maryland, Maryland, my Maryland, what should people be looking out from a from a food aspect? Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, yeah. I think we're we are certainly pushing the boundaries here, but we are a large and inclusive radio program, so this works out fine. Well, they're they're so, Southern light. I mean, they're yeah, yeah. They're not going to win the award for hey, y'all. I'm from Maryland, <laughs> but historically, <laughs> no. Maryland is a Southern state. It's below the Mason Dixon right. line. They they You're fought right. in the Civil War for the South for the most part. And they, yes, you know, that I, forever, the Terrapins were in the ACC, a Southern conference. I don't know why they changed. Maryland's change, as you, if you follow politics, it's very yes. liberal democratic, but they actually have a Republican governor right now fighting for his That's job, true. by the way. That's true. It's a very interesting state to me. It is yeah. very interesting for all those reasons you mentioned. But so we're going to, uh, the reason I wanted to bring uh, Maryland into the, into the, the barbecue quote unquote conversation well, and the food conversation that we like to have fun with every week is uh, there's something in Maryland uh, known as pit beef. And uh, it's essentially, it, it provides a, an opportunity for me to kind of explain the difference between grilling and barbecue. So pit beef is not barbecue. Um, and a lot of people are listening to the show instinct, instinctively and instantly know what I'm talking about when I say grill or barbecue. Um, in Maryland, they call the pit beef barbecue, but barbecue has a very specific definition. That would be uh, low temperature, indirect cooking, um, some type of rub, and some type of wood fire. So you're not cooking directly, you're cooking indirectly, whether that be uh, distance from coal or you have uh, the meat at a different location than the, than the burning wood, which is the case of one of these side smokers. There's something blocking the direct heat, and you cook lower slower for long periods of time that is southern barbecue that is barbecue as a as a noun um however uh their grilling is is hot fast and direct so when you cook a steak you cook a burger you cook a pork chop and you got the flame or the heat right there that is grilling and these things are very different so we use we talk about both obviously here on the show but um, it's a good opportunity to talk about that because pit beef is something unique to Maryland and I think even unique to Baltimore. It's essentially a top round roast uh, that is cooked, grilled. It is grilled. It is not barbecued. It is cooked directly over hot coals and wood um, until it is basically um, crusty on the outside, medium rare on the inside. It's it's kind of a roast beef, but instead of being roasted, it is grilled over a hot uh, charcoal fire that gives you that kind of crust and flavor on the outside, which is the whole point of grilling. So um, it's an interesting thing. It's it's very unique to to Maryland. And I think it's kind of cool. I would not necessarily call it traditional barbecue, but in in you know Maryland calls it barbecue, and then I'll call it barbecue for the for the time being on the show. So um, Chaps Pit Beef is kind of the the go to in Baltimore. That's the most um, Chaps, famous C H A P apostrophe S. Yep. Chaps pit beef, and uh, 
Now they're famous for talking about, you know, if you're, if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, they literally don't have anything to serve you. So <laughs> you, you got to go, you're going to get meat, more meat and a side of meat at Chaps Pit Beef. And uh, it's a small little building. They got the big old pit. You kind of call it a pit. Essentially it's a large grill uh, with a bunch of charcoal there. And they got the big grates that they have these giant, um, these giant top round roasts sitting there searing. And when it hits the, Hits the medium rare, and they slice it up just like roast beef, pile it onto a bun or pile it onto a plate, whichever way you like it, and serve with horseradish. So it's like a grilled roast beef. It's it's pretty unique to Maryland. And since we're talking grilling and barbecue, a cool little combo like that I thought was interesting to talk about. Well, thank you for letting us know that. Next time I'm in Baltimore, I will make sure to check out Pit Beef. You know, when I was in Baltimore, I was there last year, and I was there years ago, I actually did more of the ethnic Italian food, I think, is one meal I had, which was fantastic. They have like an Italian portion of Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And I think at one point I may have gone and had that uh, crab cake special that you were teasing us about. But I didn't <clears throat> realize there was such a thing as pit beef. See, that's why we have you on the show. This is an educational mm -hmm. opportunity. If there is a, yeah, if there's a special kind of meat cooked in some area, I'm definitely going to be finding it out and seeking it out. So, uh, yeah, but let's talk about let's talk about crab cakes. That's the All other right. thing I wanted to you, talk about. Can you get about. that at Chaps? Absolutely. You can't um, even get a pit beef with a side of crab cakes. Oh, oh, at Chaps. No, sir. Oh. No, sir. No, oh. you get meat. You get meat, meat, and meat at Chaps is but, what you but get. But not crab cakes. No, not crab cakes. That's probably one of the only places there in Maryland you can't or in Baltimore <laughs> you can't. But the reason I want to talk about crab cakes is – course we're talking about maryland and maryland is synonymous with crab cakes and, and football of, and football and football as we've learned on a movie from about a decade ago you're correct this is that crashers baby that's right classic um but what we uh what i wanted to say about crab cakes is of course crab cakes are known i mean that this is like synonymous with, with maryland and uh and baltimore but you know, along the Gulf Coast, uh, we do a lot of crab cakes as well, and all up and down the Atlantic coast as well. People love crab cakes. This is something that's kind of ubiquitous, uh, you know, throughout the South. That we we love that, and there's all kinds of different flavor profiles and seasonings and things that go into it. But I think one of the main things um, that that makes a great crab cake, most people would agree, is a lot of crab and very little or no breadcrumbs to kind of take up uh, space. Huh? So, yeah, what, go ahead, John. No, I just said I was in awe. I said, ah. <laughs> yeah, so I think everybody would agree on that. There may be some breadcrumb lovers out there, and, and I'm not going to come down on them, but I think most people would agree that a lot of lump blue crab and some other things, but not a whole lot of breadcrumbs. So um, Maryland is famous for that, especially some of the places in Baltimore. They serve all kinds of crab cakes. Some of them are some of them are not as thin as you would imagine. Some of them are fatter. It's basically kind of a lump of, of fresh blue crab, and it's delicious that way. And I wanted to bring it up to tie it into barbecue. I make crab cakes myself, and while anybody who's listening um, has who lives along the Gulf Coast or along the Atlantic Coast throughout the South has probably made crab cakes themselves at some point, and it's usually done in the oven or a skillet. Um, what I like to do uh, is do it on the grill. I like to do crab. I'd like, yes, yes, sir. I like to put them uh, indirectly, use it as an oven, kind of like how I was, I was explaining the biscuits earlier. Use your, uh, you know, use a foil pan or whatever you want to use, something you can throw away is nice. Oil it up, put your crab cakes in there, get the charcoal, a little bit of wood, whatever wood you like, hickory, pecan, peach, whatever type of wood you like, just a little bit. 
uh, and cook it in directly, just like you would in the oven, five, 10 minutes till the crab cakes are kind of uh, congealed and solidified. And that little bit of smoke flavor is, is incredible on a crab cake. So uh, you kind of barbecueify, barbecueify the uh, the crab cake uh, by doing it over charcoal or, or wood or both. And uh, it adds another level of flavor to it that I just love. I think it's fantastic. All right. Well, don't forget, people, that Maryland not only has the Chesapeake Bay that they get this kind of item from, I guess, crabs, but, of course, Maryland does have a beach, and they do border the Atlantic Ocean. And in Ocean City, Maryland, there is a place called the Crab Cake Factory, and they have a website, Crab Cake Factory Online, that you can go to, and they sell all kinds of crab packages. You can get crab cakes FedEx to you for only $75. You can get a six-pack of their world-famous crab cakes FedEx to you. How about that, Matt? That's awesome. That's that's fantastic. I might actually look into that myself. Uh, yeah. Try it out. You know, one thing, one more thing, John. I'll let you let you let you go. But uh, a lot of our uh, listeners, if they're on the Gulf Coast, Texas, and Louisiana, um, the Chesapeake Bay has a pretty strict limit on the amount of blue crabs that can be harvested um, every year. Uh, so what a lot of people don't know is that uh, Marylanders, after a certain time of year, Marylanders are uh, likely enjoying Texas or Louisiana blue crabs uh, in Maryland. There's a there's a huge uh, there's a huge market for Maryland crabs coming from this part of the world once they hit their limit, and then into the fall. Of course, the waters down here are very warm, and the Chesapeake Bay gets cold, um, and the crabs kind of uh, go away. So, for a lot of the year, you're probably eating Maryland, Maryland crabs, but after a certain point in the year, maybe August. Uh, if you go and eat crabs in Maryland, it's a good chance you're eating Texas or Louisiana crabs. Ah, and you can sit there and say, man, these Maryland crab cakes are so delicious. They must have been <laughs> caught right out here by the seashore of Ocean City. Uh -huh. And in uh -huh. fact, they came from Galveston. That's right, Galveston, you know, somewhere along the Louisiana coast. That's exactly right. I didn't. I learned that a year ago for some uh, commercial fishermen here down where I live. So it's an interesting note, but they're all good. Blue yeah, crabs. Yeah, delicious. Yeah. All right. Well, Matt Herons, we can't thank you enough for all the crabbiness that you brought to our show today and the queue and talk, told us all about beef prime. What is it called? Beef? Chip, uh, pit beef. Pit beef. See, I've already forgotten. how Because you got it on the crab cakes. I got sidetracked. I, I, this is, this is heavy-duty stuff. But we wish you all the best with the Red Raiders and Rebels, and we look forward to having you back on the Y'all Show real soon. I can't wait. All right. Matt Herons, the barrister of bodacious barbecue well that will put the crab cake in to the y'all show here today thank you so much for listening make sure you tune in to the wednesday y'all we'll have all kinds of great goodness including acc football talk and more i'm john rawl signing off you've been listening to y'all Whether you brew the craftiest beer or offer the sharpest haircuts in town, we've got the right business cards to promote what makes your business great at Vistaprint. And right now, we're offering 500 custom cards starting at just $9.99. You can choose everything about your card, the shape, the paper, and you can design it yourself or ask for a little help from our support team. So get the most bang for your and head to Vistaprint.com to get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 7373 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 7373. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 has arrived at Sprint. 
For a limited time, get the super-powerful new Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. It's the fastest Note ever, and you can get it on a network built for unlimited. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 is also perfect for gaming. Take your Fortnite skills to a new level with the largest battery ever seen in a Note. Along with a 6.4-inch edge-to-edge infinity screen and stereo speakers, Galaxy Note 9 also features a smarter camera and a mightier S Pen with remote control. Make the switch to Sprint right now and get the Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. Plus, get annual upgrades with Galaxy Forever. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com slash Samsung, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Note 9, 2083 per month after 2084 per month. Credit applied within two bills. Requires new line and 18-month lease. Early termination results and remaining balance due. Upgrade after 12 lease payments. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes. Requires qualifying plans. Subject to credit. $30 activation fee and restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Jessica Alba, entrepreneur and mom. When it comes to helping students succeed, I'm all in. And so is Staples. That's why I'm teaming up with Staples for Students and DonorsChoose.org, the charity that helps teachers bring learning to life. Join us by donating in store or online at StaplesForStudents.com. Your donation will help local teachers make a difference for their students because every kid deserves a great start this school year. 